Have you ever been through a wilderness experience as Pastor Paula described it? Think wilderness, the place where the wild things are. Wilderness, the test of endurance, the test of survival. Today we have the story of Jesus coming to this test. He certainly saw it those, as a test of endurance, of survival. But he saw it as much, much more. A deeper test. A test of identity. A test of character. You've heard the text read a few moments ago. And right there in the first sentence, we get a real orientation to what is going on. The scripture says, then. And as Pastor Paul already mentioned out, this follows immediately after this time when Jesus was baptized. And then the Spirit came on him, and he heard the words that you are my beloved son, or this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Then, the Spirit Yes, you heard that right. The Spirit, the same Spirit that came on him, led him into the wilderness to what? To be tempted by the devil. To be tested by the devil, as some translations say it. Now, as we've already been reminded, Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry. He was human. You would be hungry too. That's when the devil showed up and put forth the first part of the test. Now, I'm not just sure how the words that the devil spoke actually rang in Jesus' ears, but I'm sort of imagining it like maybe, if you are the Son of God, then turn these stones into bread. Or maybe I think more like this. Since you are very human and you're very hungry and you are the Son of God, Turn these stones into bread and make enough for others too. And that's when the Spirit sprang into action in Jesus' life, reminding him of what Moses had said when the Israelites had just come out of the wilderness and were ready to enter into the promised land. Moses told the people, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way through the wilderness to humble and test you and to see what was in your heart so that in order to see if you would keep his commands, he humbled you by making you hunger and then feeding you with manna as none of your ancestors had ever known it so that you would know that humans do not live on bread alone, 
but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your feet did not, your clothes didn't wear out, your feet didn't swell in those 40 years. Know then in your heart that just as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord disciplines those, disciplines you. And armed with that strong word coming out of the test of the wilderness, Jesus answered Satan in a way that confirmed his identity as a son. We have a second temptation where Jesus was taken in body or in spirit to this high place in the holy city, on the temple in the holy city. And here again, the tempter came to him with words. And again, I don't know just how this rang in Jesus' ears, but perhaps something like this. You know what the scripture says in Psalms, that God is going to protect you and everything that happens, that his angels will be in charge of you so that you could just throw yourself down and God would protect you. Or maybe it sounded more like this, where Satan said to him, see those people down there? You could give them an object lesson on just how precious God is to you and how much he will protect you. Why not just jump off the temple, jump off of here knowing that God has said he will Send his angels to take charge of you so that you won't even trip over a rock. And again, Jesus remembered the words of Moses spoken to those people on the verge of the new land. Do not test, do not tempt the Lord your God like they did back at Massa and Meribah where they said, is God with us or not? Grumbling and asking God to do things that weren't in God's plan. There's a third temptation that the devil brought to him. He took him to a high place, again in body or in spirit, to show him all the kingdoms of the world, and then said to him, you know, I'm, I'm the prince of this world, I'm in charge of these things, and I would be willing to just give you all of this if you just... Just bow down and, and acknowledge that. Just worship me. And again, Jesus went right back to the saying of Moses to the people of Israel. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. How much for the devil? He left him for a time. He'll show up in plenty of times in the future. Actually, I think the devil headed for an appointment at Herod's house. The next thing we see here in this scripture is that when Jesus heard that John, yes, the baptizer, had been put in prison, he left there and went back to his hometown, putting some distance there. He knew Herod. 
He knew Herod was willing to kill members of his own royal family to order the slaughter of innocent babies. And he knows this incident with John is not going to turn out well. He's back in his hometown in Nazareth and then moves over to Capernaum, a much larger town, along the lakeshore of Galilee. And then, at that time, he began to preach. Did you notice? He preached the exact words that John the baptizer had been preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent. You need a new frame of mind. You need to change your way of thinking to understand this kingdom. It's so radically different from the playbook of Herod that you won't recognize it. And although this is a heavenly kingdom, it smells very earthy. As earthy as a walk in park woods on a fall wet day. You'll hear lots of stories and illustrations from Jesus in the next few weeks comparing the kingdom of God with things like leaven, with salt, with fish, with sparrows falling out of trees to help us understand what is this kingdom of God like, this kingdom of heaven that comes down to earth and deals with us in our everyday earthly transactions. Now there's one thing that Jesus preached that was radically different than John the baptizer preached. Going back to that passage in Deuteronomy, remember Jesus heard this as a test of what was in his heart, of God humbling and testing, just as a father would discipline his son. Jesus saw this as a time to help people understand the role of God in their lives as Father. Now, this is a, mi a minor theme in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Bible, I'd say. It shows up perhaps 18, 20 times where, where God is pictured as a Father, like in that passage from Deuteronomy 8. And in Deuteronomy 1, there's just a really lovely one that Jesus may have known especially as a child. Moses tells the people, that God carried the Israelite people through the desert as a father would carry a child. Can't you just see it? You're on a long, dusty trip, and the little boy is saying, I'm thirsty, my feet hurt, are we there yet? And the father picks him up and carries him. That's the idea. That's the way Jesus understood it. Now, to make it clear, God is not a human. God is not male or female, the way we think of it. Although there are pictures of God, even as a woman, for example, in, Israel, in um, Isaiah 66, God says, like a woman, I comforted you. But for whatever reason, Jesus picked up this idea of God as Father being closely connected with the kingdom of heaven. 
Just listen with open ears over the next weeks as we read all these different scriptures where we're going to see one of these two things coming up. In fact, Jesus taught his disciples to do something that was unthinkable in the Hebrew Bible. He invited his disciples not just to think of God as Father, but to address God as Father. We do it as a matter of course every Sunday here at Park View. We sing this communal prayer, our Father, the one in heaven. Let's hear those words as we sing it today, later on in service. And notice how many of those themes are in this passage today, in these temptations, about the kingdom, about bread, about lead us not into temptation. All of us, all of us, will find ourselves tempted to the place where it feels beyond endurance. I can't go on any longer. I think I'm going to die. To be human is to have those experiences. Incalculable losses, heart-rending breakup of the relationships, and ill health or other challenges. Not to speak of the accusations of the devil in your ear. If you were really a child of God, you would do this. Tests of identity and character to see what is in our heart. That's the hard, hard news. But here's the great news, the good news of the gospel. We are not alone. We are not alone with these trials in the wilderness. That just as the Spirit was with Jesus at the most difficult time in his life, the Spirit is with us. We are promised that. That during these tests, Jesus will walk with us. And we are part of a broader family that embrace the kingdom of God together. If you can testify to that, I invite you to follow along in the confession as printed in your bulletin. Loving Father, we confess that we are too easily drawn into the evils of this world. Save us from ourselves and the devil. Lead us now. O Christ, we heed your invitation to repent, to rise above our self-interests, to shift our thinking, so that we may be faithful followers in your upside-down kingdom. Lead us into your kingdom. Holy Spirit, empower us to walk the paths of right-relatedness, in step with those who will inherit the kingdom, eternal kingdom of God. Lead us into the joy of your salvation. 
the confidence that all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Nothing, nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord.